Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to make financial decisions when you're having to compare different items and choosing where your money should go. This is a shockingly hard concept for to, to, to walk through and grasp for most people. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? Because let's just face it, right? We weren't taught money growing up. Uh, we have, as human beings, our minds are telling us, well, no, this is important. So you should be doing X and it's not taking into consideration the holistic viewpoint of, oh, well, I could do this with my money and still actually reach that goal, which is why I'm choosing, right? It's just... Yeah, I mean, most most of our emotional uh, emotions and like feedback loops and things of that nature actually work against us in this circumstance. Yeah. So helping understand like why we make the decisions, how we come to the decisions that we make, and then really just kind of walking through like, okay, how do we actually compare these things, and what's the process that we should go through when making these decisions. Uh, well, and being open, right? Like you can think of one way right away to accomplish your goal, whatever that goal is, but there might be a more efficient way out there. And when you hear it, you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. Well, wait a minute. If it's more efficient and it still gets you to your goal, why wouldn't, why you? wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. But we have a tendency of getting emotionally attached to that first concept that you were talking about where it's like, oh, hey, this is the way to do it. And so now we're planting a flag in the sand of this is the way we're going to do it. And it's once we've planted that flag, it's so incredibly challenging to move it. Uh, I mean, heck, I'm sure our the, the naturopaths listening to this podcast have uh, some experience with people having planted flags over. They deal with it every single day, right? right. <laughs> so, so we've got four steps to teach you how to do what we're going to call a comparative analysis. I know that sounds like Alex Collins to a T, right? <laughs> Mr. Analytic, he's now raising his hands in excitement. Um, but, <laughs> but they're great steps to, to look at when you're, when you're going to do some sort of, you know, where should your dollars go? Should you buy that new equipment? Should you hire that new employee? Should you pay off your debt? Right? So, so let's start here, Alex. So step number one, obviously you got to know, you got to identify what it is you're comparing and what's that, that result that you're wanting, right? So that, what's that comparison? Right. And Ryan, what you, the example that you just brought up is probably something that most of the folks that are listening are struggling with. And so they're looking at it going, okay, yeah, I've got four different possibilities of what to do. How do I decide which one to, to do? Step one is making sure that when you're comparing that you've identified the couple things that you're going to compare, limit it to two and like do a comparison of two things, figure that out. Once you have a winner between those two things, then look at comparing it to whatever the next thing is and then figure that out and now compare it to the next thing. Because if you're comparing two things, you should be able to get to the point where there is a clear winner um, and a clear loser. Yeah. So that's step one. So we, we might, let's, let's give them an example, Alex. One thing that just came to mind is, you know, I just brought it up, right? Should you overpay on your debt or should you put the money maybe back in your practice to increase revenue? Right. Right. So maybe that's the analysis. So step number two is, okay, you got to make the inputs 
right now. I really sound like Alex. You got to make the inputs, the comparison as similar as possible. And what we mean by this is, okay, is this, you know, a good example is, is this pre-tax money or is this after tax money? Right. If we're comparing student paying off student loans and putting it back into the practice, make sure it's after-tax money in both scenarios because that's how you're going to pay off the student loan is with after-tax money. Or you adjust it so that it is the same net after-tax dollars. Correct. Which takes us to step number three, right? So when you're analyzing this, before we move on, there's one other thing to talk about there. If we're comparing different dollars in different inputs, like we need to make sure that people understand this. If, if plan one, you put in $10,000 and plan two, you put in $25,000 and plan two comes out with better solutions at the end, better outcomes. We didn't learn anything because we put an extra $15,000 into yep. the second option. And so now like we're comparing apples and oranges and it, like we were not doing an apples to apples comparison. We need to make sure that we figure out a way to go ahead and level the playing field and make sure that the inputs are as similar as possible with putting in $25,000 into both examples. And there, there's ways that you and I can help help folks with that. Uh, if that is something that you struggle with, reach out to us. We're, we're happy to help walk you through it. It's going to be beyond the scope of today's podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, so step number three, as I was starting to talk about here, is when you're when you're analyzing those results that Alex was just talking about, like okay, or the comparison. If you're if you're going to pay off the student loans or overpay on the student loans, the likelihood that the student loan will go down is quite high because you put extra money into that toward that loan, right? So we're going to use a ten thousand dollar figure. Let's just say you've got an extra ten thousand dollars. You're going to put it towards the student loans. That would bring down your loans by you know ten thousand dollars, and it's extra money. Or you can put the ten thousand dollars back into practice, right? So now, where you're putting it in your practice, what's the likelihood that that money will produce the extra revenue? Right. If that's the comparison, what's the likelihood that that's going to happen? What are the expectations? Or does it allow you to do something else with your other assets? Right. And that's for a whole nother episode, but it's just something else to consider is what is that money doing for you? Right. Like a, a good example of this, where we're comparing two different likelihoods and expected outcomes and things of that nature would be like, okay, we've got a dollar. If we buy a lotto ticket or we put it into savings, like the likelihood of our expected outcome with putting it into savings is virtually a hundred percent, right? Like the dollar is going into savings. There's not much chance of losing it. We, we have that dollar. We, we might not have much beyond that dollar, but we've got that dollar. If we go buy a lotto ticket, the likelihood of winning the lotto is one in some astronomically large number. And so the expected outcome of buying the lotto ticket is actually significantly less, even though the potential outcome would be tremendous. Yeah. Which we're already to kind of step number four, we're comparing what that output is. Right. So, you know, going back to the likelihood of guarantee, right. Talix's point, the lotto ticket how likely is that, right? That, that 
that's just not likely. So in that scenario, unless you're wanting to take on that, that big of a risk, it doesn't make sense to do. Right. So, so compare these outputs and and my student loan aspect here, maybe that $10,000 was going to enable you to hire your first employee. And maybe that employee takes stuff off your plate, which allows you to then bring on more clients. And if you bring on more clients, that brings on revenue. And if that revenue is an extra $50,000, okay, what does that then kick off to you? And what can you do with it? And if the ultimate goal is to go ahead and pay off the student loans, like, okay, let's look at it through the lens of how, like, would it be quicker to take that 10 grand and pay down the student loans? Or would it be quicker to go ahead and create an extra 50K of income and use the net result of that extra 50K to then pay down the student loans? Yep. So again, we're like, figure out what is the thing that we care about, look at the options, figure out likelihood and expectations, and now compare what does the outcome look look like? like we do this all the time when, when evaluating like mortgages and things of that nature where the like most of the time people are looking at it going, oh, hey, I want to do a, a 15-year mortgage or I want to try and pay my mortgage off in 10 years or something of that nature when they've got like a sub 3% interest rate. And more often than not, depending upon the rest of their circumstances and what their risk tolerance is, we can be more effective by getting a 30-year mortgage, taking the extra dollars and investing those and then having the investments pay off the mortgage as opposed to having, you know, paying extra on the mortgage. The, the, like we're, we're now dealing with likelihood of outcome, expectations, things of that nature. So like it's not always going to be better because it depends on your circumstances and, and what rates of return we assume. But at the same time, like helping folks understand how some of that works and what the other benefits and advantages that come along with some of those aspects can be huge. Yeah. I mean, what Alex just did there, right? That's that holistic approach to your finances, right? You all do that with your patients. You take that holistic approach with your patients looking at, okay, what is it you're putting into your body? What, what's, what's occurring there? You're not trying to um, solve the symptom. You're trying to solve the actual like issue. The same thing is true with this type of comparative analysis. You have to look at the entire financial body to understand, okay, what makes the most sense for your dollars? And so this, you should, you know, unless this is natural to you and and this type of um, work is fun for you, if it is, do it on your own. If it's not, then you should work with someone that understands how to do this. Because that money that you would pay that person would be well worth it. I mean, hugely worth it. So look at your financial decisions like you're helping your patients. Look at it holistically. Try to keep your emotions in check. And that's difficult. You know, you all know it probably better than maybe Alex and I do because, of, you know, you all are helping people with their health. That's also emotional. Yeah, absolutely. So again, let's repeat these four steps here, Alex. So we've got, make sure you're identifying what you're comparing, right? And, and while that step sounds simple, 
you'd be surprised how many times we're like, well, wait a minute, you're comparing apples and oranges. You're not comparing the same thing. Two, make sure that we've got uh, inputs similar, right? The same dollar amounts, if you will. Three, look at it from the standpoint of what's the likelihood guaranteed, what's the expectations. And then step four, compare that output and compare it holistically. Which takes us, Alex, to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, is really just kind of straightforward and, and simple. How are you making financial decisions currently? So head over to holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question. There's also a spot if you have uh, any questions or ideas for the podcast, feel free to reach out to us that way. As always, we hope this episode is valuable. And Mr. Collins, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and maintenance value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333, North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow Air Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2021-126636. Expiration, September 2023.